Look at this thing. Look at this thing. Are you kidding me? This is an insurance policy. This is what they're giving somebody who doesn't know the first thing about reading a contract or about insurance or about anything. This is what the insurance company gives you as a contract that you need to abide by whenever anything happens. So today I'm gonna teach you how to sort of briefly go through this thing in front of the insured when you're signing the claim and you're checking to make sure coverage exists. What's up, advocates? Back again, Vince Perry, your public adjuster here in the state of Florida, trying to help any and all public adjusters out throughout the entire country as to just sort of get their business started, get their business going, and uh, hopefully you could learn something and I can teach you something to uh, help finagle your way through this insurance claim game, is what I call it. So today, without further ado, I'm going to sort of give you my process, my step-by-step -step process on how I go through this thing uh, quite briefly, quite quickly. Um, just checking to make sure when you're signing that claim or when somebody calls you for a claim, you wanna make sure that there's coverage. Uh, because more often than not, insureds who don't call a public adjuster right off the bat, they're basically filing the claim on their own without knowing that they might not even have coverage or there might be limits that they're not aware of and then insurance company comes back and says no you're not covered or no we're not paying more than ten thousand dollars that happens a lot so um it's just sort of i guess my process of going through it uh fairly quickly um so all right without further ado here's what we do so the first thing i do is i obviously but when an insurance uh when, when a homeowner calls me for a claim um and i schedule the appointment for me to go see them at the house or the building, they, um, I tell them to make sure that they have a copy of their insurance policy. A lot of times they have it somewhere stored inside the house or it's usually by email now. So um, if they're not sure, it's, that's sort of what I tell them. I said, why don't you just check your last email from your agent? Uh, I'm sure, pretty sure they send it to you uh, by email as well. That's how I get it. So, um, and then they could just print it out for you or they could just leave it there. I've gone through plenty of PDFs at the homeowner's house uh, looking through the policy stuff. Um, so that's the first thing. Um, the, the, the bare minimum that you wanna make sure that they have is the deck page, which I'm gonna get into now. The deck page is by far the most important page that you need to look at. Uh, unfortunately now, as time goes by, the insurance companies are making it much harder and harder to, to actually have coverage. So you need to be a little bit more in depth on looking through the whole policy. I'll tell you how to sort of do that quickly, but um, the deck page is where it's at. A long time ago, all we really needed to know what kind of policy, if it was an open perils policy, we'd be good to go. But now they've got limits and they've got different rules and stipulations to try to hurt the homeowner basically that make it a little bit more difficult to, uh, to, to make sure that the claim is going to be covered and it's gonna be paid correctly. So, all right, without further ado, first things first is I'm gonna go through the deck page. Okay, so I'm gonna put the deck page right here so you can see sort of what I'm looking at. Uh, so at the top left corner, this is a citizen's uh, policy. No big deal, citizen's is a very famous insurance carrier here in the state of Florida. Um, 
first thing I do, the most important thing, so years ago, if you see at the top here, it says homeowners HO3 special form policy. Like I was just saying, back in the day, that's pretty much all we needed. If it was an HO3, we were good to go. I don't know if the numbers vary at all uh, throughout the country, but you know, here in Florida, it's basically HO3 and you have an open perils policy, which means what? That means everything under the sun is covered unless it's listed in the exclusions. Um, uh, for those that don't know, you have the HO1, you have the HO2, and you have the HO3, or DP1, DP2, DP3. So your HO1 is your basic policy, and that's gonna that's a named peril policy, and it's only gonna have a handful of things that are covered. Uh, fire, lightning, explosion, smoke, windstorm, hail, riot, civil commotion, aircraft, vehicles, vandalism, sprinkler leakage. It's got a decent amount of things that are covered, but it's not, it's not really where you want it to be. Uh, the HO2, or the DP2, is the broad form policy, which is gonna have all of those things as well as some broken windows, structural glass, falling objects, and sometimes water damage. Okay, um, Obviously these are much cheaper uh, than your HO3 which is an open perils policy, special form, and basically everything is covered like I just said unless it's listed in the exclusions which also we'll get to. Um, okay so under the HO3 you've got the uh, you got the policy number, you got the policy period. Um, this are obviously a very important things just to know but also if you're gonna put together a proof of loss which I'll teach you in one of these videos um, you're gonna need to have this deck page to fill that thing out. So you got your policy number, you got your uh, policy period from and to and then you've got all the information of just sort of the insured um, of the residents and then of the agent which is again also gonna be very important to put on your on your proof of loss on your pol uh, okay so here's where we get to sort of the, the the good stuff so me personally guys before i continue when i go and i sign the claim i like to take this out in front of the insured or have them give it to me and explain it as i'm explaining it to you so basically what i'm doing is i'm this is sort of how i run through it with the with the policy holder because most of them don't know what the heck they're looking at anyway so it's good to at least just give them even if you're not going to sign the claim and they're not going to be cut or whatever it is it's good just to sort of teach them about their limits because I don't none of them know the agents obviously don't tell them so I mean we need to we need to uh, you know explain it to them so the first thing you have you have all other perils deductible $2,500 deductible here so basically any anything that happens to the home that's not a windstorm or hurricane here in Florida we've got the separate hurricane deductible um, I know that in other places you've got like earth, uh, you got a separate earthquake deductible, which is a separate thing. Um, there's also a, a sinkhole sometimes has a separate deductible as well. In this case, you're going to have your normal deductible and a hurricane deductible. So, uh, so you get your all other perils deductible, which is $2,500. And like in most other catastrophic events around the country, your hurricane here, for example, deductible is going to be a percentage of the total value of, uh, of the coverage A, of the dwelling of your policy. So here it's 2% of the $248,100 in the dwelling so that comes out to 49.62 it's good to know because a uh, hurricane comes around for those of you that live in florida and if there's just maybe it's a category one or it's just a tropical storm or something um this hurricane deductible will apply to tropical storms too by the way it's basically your wind deductible if there's not much damage and if you're not going for full roof full roof replacement then you might advise a client to not even file a claim that's just my advice um, so the hurricane deductible is obviously much higher. So you got, we knocked out the deductibles right there. The next thing we have is the property coverages. So here's the way I like to explain it to everybody. You're more than welcome to use it if you'd like. So you've got your dwelling. Your dwelling, you have coverage up to $248,100. Your dwelling is what I say is you take your house. Okay. This is your home. All right. You take it, you 
pour it upside down and let's say a bunch of stuff falls out like all the chairs and all the all the desks and the equipment and the sofas and all that everything falls out everything that stays stuck to that house is your dwelling which is your tile which is your baseboards your cabinets um the paint the everything else everything that stays stuck onto that house your kitchen cabinets all that that's part of your dwelling okay so just for future reference where I'll get to, that's part of your dwelling. Your other structures is anything that's on the premises, on your property that's not attached to your home. Okay, it could be anything. It could be it could be a shed. It could be a playset. It could be an outdoor swimming pool. Uh, that's you know like a separate swimming pool. All that stuff would be covered under your other structures. I had somebody I just explained this the other day. He's like, I don't have any other structures. I said, if you were to get other structures, you would have coverage for it. Ah, oh, look at this one. This one doesn't have any coverage for for other structures. Your personal property. Back to my example with the your house, and you turn it upside down. Everything that falls out that's covered under your personal property. So your desk, your chairs, your your laptop computers. Um, it could be jewelry and stuff like that too. But usually that's going to be like an extension of coverage, and that's called. Uh, ah, I can't remember right now. I was just explaining this to somebody the other day. It's a separate coverage, a floating, floater, floater, floating policy. That's like a separate coverage that you get additional. You'd have to pay a little bit extra and uh, you'd get those things covered much better. Um, so everything that falls out is your personal property. Everything that stays stuck, that's your dwelling. And then the loss of use, of course, is if you need to move out as a result of the loss or as a result of major repairs that are going on in your house due to the loss that occurred. Um, obviously, loss of use will pay you for uh, to rent another house, to stay at a hotel. It's gonna cover all of your all of your expenses, like going out to dinner and buying food. Uh, also, even just like the stuff inside of your refrigerator that maybe goes bad. That was a very common thing after Hurricane Irma was people had no power for about five or six days. Well, any kind of food spoilage, um, that would go under your, your loss of use coverage, so. And then you've got, not really important to us, but you've got your personal liability and your medical payments, which basically those are liability covered. That basically falls into if somebody were to get injured in your house, whether it be a guest or a worker or something like that. If anybody were to get injured in your house, that'd be covered under here. And then your other coverages, like your ordinance of law, ordinance, ordinance or law limits, you've got 20, 20, you have up to 25% of coverage A. What is ordinance of law? It's gonna be permits that you're gonna to have to pull out. So if, if it's like an exterior wall that went, a car runs into the house, exterior wall goes, or, or, or has the effect of windows as well, uh, you're gonna to have to pull permits in order to put that back up. Well, the amount of those permits that would go under your, under your ordinance of law, 25% of coverage A. So you've got a pretty decent amount there. So uh, here, if it were 25%, it'd be 25% of 248,000, which would be about uh, about 50,000, about $50,000. So that's that. That's the most important thing to know as I keep looking at this. Uh, okay, that's pretty much it. Um, in this policy, for instance, okay, I'm gonna go over one more deck page, okay? So, okay, here's this deck page. This one's gonna be, it's got a little bit more stuff. Okay, so now let's see this deck page. Uh, this is Tower Hill, another insurance carrier here in the state of Florida. Um, okay, so if you look at the top, just I just wanted to show you two different ones just so you, so you sort of see how, how it reads differently. Um, okay, so you got your homeowners here. You got the same thing at the top, basically. You got the policy number on the right this time instead. You've got the dates on the right as well. And you got the insured, you got the agency, same thing. Uh, you got your policy period right there. And then you've got the same right here in the middle. You've got your, your, your dwelling. 
your other structures. This time there's $5,500 of other structures. You've got your personal property, you got your loss of use, liability, medical. Make sure you explain this stuff to, this, to these people so they have an idea of what their limits are. Because I've walked into condos. You walk into a condo and you're representing the person inside of the home or of the condo unit and they only got $10,000 limit or a $50,000 limit. Obviously it's a much smaller home, but they need to be made aware that they ain't getting more than $50,000. Okay, so breakdown of the premium. If you see here all the charges, so here's where it can get a little bit tricky, which we're, we've been running into different things like, um, we've been running into different things like uh, um, $10,000 water damage limits. Uh, contractor right to repair where they send their own contractors out, which has been a complete disaster uh, for the insurance company, in my opinion. Hopefully that doesn't last. Um, and that's sort of where you're going to find some of that stuff right here. Uh, you're going to find it here in the breakdown of the premium and the charges and stuff. Uh, so just beware. Uh, definitely read through that. Uh, right here, it's nothing. You got catastrophic ground cover collapse coverage. You got the limited fungi, which is mold coverage, okay? Which is a very common thing in Florida. Uh, so you've got here limited, that's usually $10,000 for the most part. So you got a $10,000 uh, limit there. Um, and I think, if I, if I, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys could comment. I believe the aggregate sublimit is you get up to $50,000 for the year that you can get covered for mold. So uh, you got the personal injury. You've got, look, see how this, this is a special one. If you look here, screened enclosure special limitation. So, you know, that's something that if, if the screen enclosure, if it's a hurricane claim, this is something to look at because it's only a maximum of $10,000. Some of these screen enclosures, they go for a lot more than that. But because so many people, at least in Florida, were, were, uh, were claiming these things, I guess they just got tired of paying them, so they put a limit on it. Here in this charge, this breakdown of premium is where you're gonna find a lot of that sneaky stuff that you need to be careful of. Like I said, the water damage limit and the uh, contractor rights repair. Uh, these are just some credits that they have there. Okay, so let me go. Let me keep going on. Okay, I'm gonna stay. Yeah, I'm gonna stay with the uh, with the. This is the second page here. I'm gonna stay with the Tower Hill claim. Uh, we've got the. It's pretty much the same. We got the form HO3. Remember, that's what you want. If it's not an HO3, you're gonna have to really look at the policy to make sure that there's coverages. Um, okay, not really much there. Here's another breakdown of your coverage A, coverage B, coverage C. Uh, and then your deductibles too. So this is your checklist of coverage. Um, this is pretty important too though. So if you go to the checklist of coverage, this is another page that I go to. In case I miss anything on the first deck page, I always go to the checklist just to make sure that everything's sort of gonna be okay. So, um, so here we've got uh, the Y means yes, N means no. So if everything is good for Y, then we're good. Let's just take a quick look at the N's. The N, we've got flood. That's a separate coverage anyway, so no big deal. And then N, we've got sinkhole. That's a separate coverage as well. So we're good. Everything is sort of sort of covered. So far, so good. And you get your loss of use, all the additional living expenses, that's covered. And then we've got additional other coverage. Again, this is where some of the water damage limits and other stuff is going to come into place. And we've got Ys all the way through, so we're good here. There's that mold fungi at the bottom. Everything is, is good. Uh, also, here is where you see... Uh, what was that? Debris removal is the first one. Again, another common thing uh, during hurricane claims. Uh, debris removal. Everybody's uh, Everybody goes crazy. The clients go crazy because they're just like, well, I'm spending, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands, not hundreds of thousands. Uh, it's costing me $8,000 or $10,000 to remove all the trees in my house, which sometimes it does. It costs a lot of money. 
Well, you need to explain to them that's great, but the debris removal only covers 5% of your coverage limit. And 5% of your coverage limit, in this case, was a $276,000 deductible, so 2, 4, 6, 8, 10. That's gonna cover you about $11,000, which actually, that's really good here. Um, that's, that's pretty good. A lot of times, it's only $500. So, just looking at this now, that's, that's actually not too bad. A lot of times, like I said, it's 500 bucks. Okay, we go to the next page, and nothing really here that I would tell you that needs to be looked at. Um, yeah, all is good. So that's pretty, uh, that's pretty much it with the Tower Hill one. I'll go back to the Citizens one real quick, and here's what came up with this one. And that's the reason why I wanted to go here, is if you see here, um, this was all the way in the front. Again, usually things like this, they're gonna be sort of towards the front, which is good, so you could catch them. So here's our new thing that we've got going on in Citizens that I'll, I'll do probably its own video on. It's a manager repair contractor network. It's crazy. Basically, this means that they're going to send their own people out to do the work. However, you have the option of not going that route. But if you choose not to use their vendor, then you have a limit of $10,000 on the claim. There's gonna be a lot of people from outside of Florida that are gonna be like, what? But yeah, that's the way it is. So this is the kind of thing that you really need to be aware of and be careful with because it's, uh, it's, it's there, it's out there. Okay, so then the last thing I'm gonna tell you is when all is sort of said and done and you've, uh, and you've sort of looked through those first few pages and you've gone through it all and you think everything's gonna be fine, at least for us now, I think it's important that we just sort of flip to the back. So you wanna, because that's where all the exclusions are. So in case you missed anything, so I usually just go, I try to, I, honestly, you don't really need to read a lot about this junk. I would say maybe the appraisal provision you'd want to read. Um, I didn't think I was going to talk about this, but yeah, sometimes the appraisal provision, it could uh, it, it could just be worded differently. Oh, here it is. I found it real quick. So on page 11 of 17, it's got the mediation or appraisal. And you want to see sort of, if you and we fail to agree on a settlement regarding the loss, you must notify us with your... See, this is a great policy. I mean, this is like an old school policy. A lot of policies don't read like this. Um, yeah, so for instance, we must notify them that we want to go to appraisal. That's, that's fantastic. A lot of insurance policies now, uh, the both sides have to agree. So what ends up happening is the insurance company say, no, we reject your appraisal. We're going to mediation. So but that's fine. We take it from there. Got to still try. So that's also something that you could look at just to be aware. And you could tell in, not in this case, but in another claim that I had, I came in for the appraisal. So the first thing I did was go to the appraisal and I found out that both sides had to agree. So, quick tip, if it's both sides that have to agree, what I did is instead of immediately sending out my dispute for appraisal, I said, hey, we're trying to get a supplemental payment. Here's my estimate. Let's try to negotiate. And it worked out beautifully. We never even went to appraisal. Okay, so then I was gonna say, you scroll to the back, scroll to the back. And then in the back is where you're going to get sort of all of your your exclusions written down separately. And uh, yeah, here they're just they're just like big pages. I'll show you now. Yeah, see, like this is an endorsement here. Endorsement and exclusions. It just sort of looks like that. Okay. See, like it's like it's very like very obvious. It's like a whole page. It's just limited fungi wet. You know, that's like, boom. And then a whole endorsement about your ordinance of law that I was talking about. You wanna just scroll through these because there may be something in there. For example, this one, this used to be a very common claim in Florida. Oh, I had it. It was the, um, this one. The cosmetic and aesthetic damage to floors. So, yeah, when I first started in this industry, 
uh, there were a lot of claims for chip tiles and that changed after about two years and they said okay we're only putting a ten thousand dollar limit on those chip tile claims and now that's in the and so if, for a while we had to go into the policy and check to see if this cosmetic and aesthetic damage to floors limitation now since that's already it is what it is we're going in for looking for water damage limits so after you finish through the first few pages and you take a look at all the coverages to see what's covered and if there's anything sneaky in there uh, you can go just go to the back and just to confirm and then you should be good to to go um you know i would advise which is going to be another video about having a good team around you but if you have an attorney that you can go to it's good to just sort of be able to call him call that person just in case you're unsure about something in the policy but that's pretty much it that's my process for going through it uh the deck page is the most important page and you want to make sure you keep a copy of the deck page so that you could put your proof of loss together uh when the time comes to put it together uh deck page the checklist of coverages very important and then uh, go to the back to see if there's any extra endorsements or exclusions um, to be looking at. So the deck page, it's got all the other coverages and stuff too. That's very important. Um, and the, the checklist is very important. And then, like I said, you can look at the appraisal provision, which is usually around page 11 or so to see if, if you have to agree to appraisal or if you could just demand it. And then if there's any other exclusions or endorsements, like I said, Back in the day, the only thing that we had to look out for was the HO3. That was it. HO3 policy, we're good to go. But now there's a lot of stuff that they're throwing in there. So um, make sure that you look through it uh, as, as much as you can before pulling the trigger on that claim. Because I would be lying if I told you that it hasn't happened to me where I filed a claim. A week later, I have the in, uh, inspection with the adjuster and the adjuster says, hey, you know, there's a $10,000 limit on water damage here, right? And I'm like what so it might happen to you uh, but don't worry it's not your fault um at the end of the day you're not the one purchasing the policy right it's the homeowner it's the building owner it's 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 the agent who's selling this policy um you, yes it is your job to come up and find that out and you can let the insurance uh sorry the policyholder know but you know it's not your fault that they're buying these really bad policies so um but look out for it because it may it may steer the homeowner away, the policyholder away from actually filing the claim because, you know, what's the point? If they're only going to get 10000 bucks, $10,000, and it's a huge loss. So, you know, just something to be aware of. Um, it's good to teach the homeowner and the policyholder. It's good to teach them sort of about their policy. So at the very least, they get a nice little lesson. It makes you look good. It makes you look like you're knowledgeable in this industry. Um, and, and you're sort of giving them a partial little service, whether you sign the claim or not, about what their, how their insurance company reads. Um, if they ask for it, you could recommend. Sometimes I recommend having a lower deductible. 2500 like on this case, is not bad. Uh, but sometimes I run into $5,000 and $10,000 deductibles. And I'm like, you should move that down. I run into high hurricane deductibles. And I say, you should move that down. So, you know, there might be some stuff that you could recommend. And again, it makes you look very knowledgeable. And they'll think about you the next time something with insurance comes up. So that's it. That's my process on doing it um hope you learned something if you have any comments or questions below please uh leave it if there's any corrections that i made a mistake on please let me know uh, always trying to get better on a daily basis and that's that all right you guys have an excellent day and go sign them up sign up in place bye, bye.